Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode from Setting the Tone. Today is our The Dirty Neil special. Stick around because I'll tell you more about that right after the intro. Hello everybody and welcome back to today's episode. As you heard me say back in the intro, today is The Dirty Neil special from Setting the Tone. Uh, it's one that I'm really excited to bring you. This is a band that over the pandemic I kind of stumbled across purely because their previous album, Fuck Art, from 2021 had a picture of a dog on and I thought it was pretty cool, checked out the album and fell in love with this kind of pop punk um, rock kind of vibe that this band has to offer. You know, and it's pretty cool, I'm loving it, I have been for a while. The band are back with a brand new album called Free Range Passion which is out everywhere now and you'd be pleased to know or even be surprised to know or maybe you won't be maybe you won't be either of those things that you know this artwork is pretty cool in itself um there's a lot going on and i'm going to be playing you the the track celebration from the album why well simply because it's one that i've really kind of um clinched onto and there's some pig squeals going on there's some nice kind of metal vibes as well as some pop punk rock vibes going on and I like it. I really do think it's a great track. So I'll be playing that from the album. And I've got a wonderful interview with Luke from the band coming up where we talk about um, a variety of things, you know, from finding old material on old kind of interfaces to problems, you know, behind the scenes to inspirations. So much more in that interview. If, you won't, if you're a fan of the Dirty Neil or you're intrigued by the Dirty Neil, you won't want to miss today's episode. So stick around. Because that interview is coming right up after celebration.
Hello everyone and welcome back. So that was the track Celebration taken from the band Dirty Neil's brand new album out everywhere now, Free Range of Passion. Go and check it out. The album is awesome. You know, there's there's that track on there obviously and there's so many different sounds and um, tastes on this album. It's not just an album that's kind of, you know, uh, a one-size-shoe-fits-all. There's lots of different sounds. I'm sure there's going to be little bits in there that people can take away and enjoy at least something from it, if not all of it. That's obviously, you know, would be nice, wouldn't it, if you if you find something that you've not come across before and you fall in love with it. So without further delay, here's our interview with Luke. Hope you enjoy it as much as I did sitting down with Luke to discuss these topics. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode from Setting the Tone. Today, we are joined by Luke from the band The Dirty Neil. Luke, welcome to Setting the Tone. It's an honour to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. Um, obviously, you've got a brand new album on the way. Uh, free Reign to Passions, which is the follow-up to Fuck Art, which came out in 2021. Talk me through the journey. How did this album come together? Well, uh, it's actually out today. Really, really excited to ha have it out there. Happy release uh, day. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, so, uh, well, I guess basically as soon as we start, as soon as we finished working on Fuck Art, which we did half of it during the pandemic and, and basically the first half of it, like just as things were shutting down. Um, we had no tour dates really. So, um, and and obviously lockdowns were were really in full full swing at that point. So I I dusted off my old uh, interface, which I have, haven't used since I was like 16 um, and started basically just like trying to write some songs. Um, and I have to say, I had a fantastic time doing it. It was it was a really great way of of passing the time and and making these like purposely horrible sounding demos with tons of flanger and hip hop drums and distorted vocals. And I, I just had a really really good time doing it. And so, you know, usually when we would get together, I'd have like, well, I got this one song and I got these other couple riffs and let's try things out. But this time when we got together, I had, I was like, well, I got like six songs. Let's try, you know, let's let's try them out. So some of them kind of quickly fell by the wayside, but other other songs really uh, took a massive leap forward and were already really fun to play, even even just in their kind of first first version. Um, so basically um so we got our kind of crop of songs together and then we we had a huge blowout with our with our old management and we had a big war with them and that all ended and so we basically kyle and i got together and we we're like well if we're gonna keep doing the band which we very much so want to do um we got to do it on our own terms and we got to you know basically work with people that you know share our vision and and um aren't pulling in a completely opposite direction from us so you know, this was basically our record to ourselves, basically. Um, and uh, we made it under completely our own terms. And uh, we're, we're very proud of it. It's uh, it's called Free Reign to Passions and it kicks ass. Awesome. Do you do you feel, obviously, there's, there's two points I want to pick up on. Firstly, there must have been some hidden gems on that interface, right? That has been kicking around for so long that without the pandemic, you wouldn't have had the time to kind of sit through that and sifted through those ideas that's got to be cool that you found those hidden gems yeah no it was uh it was a lot of fun in it was it was just you know basically sitting at this desk every day and uh 
and banging away on things and you know sometimes starting with riffs sometimes starting with vocals and just kind of you know writing songs around them and and you know the songs changed quite a bit once we actually started playing them all together for the better uh there's a lot more uh, hip hop ad living uh, on the original demos that I did, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of a, a like you know we started the band in 2006 as a way of kind of like as a as a vehicle to kind of play some songs that I had written in GarageBand, and so it definitely felt a little like a full circle moment coming back to the interface and having the same kind of enthusiasm making songs in it that I did when I was 16 and it really kind of stripped away all the layers of 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 uh bullshit that you know 15 years in a professional rock band have added to my kind of view of music um and really got me back to what I love about it which is just you know making things and being excited that's cool do you, do you also feel that that had the situations not occurred with the management and whatnot, that you wouldn't have been able to probably take those ideas from the interface and kind of run with that and change those ideas. You reckon they might have gone, no, 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 we want you to do go this path. And obviously you guys wanted to do, do your thing. There was definitely already rumblings of like, well, we're going to sign to a major and we're going to do this. And we're, we're like, well, we don't want to do any of that shit. So there was already quite a bit of you know tension as to what the, f- the future direction was going to be. Um, and, you know, at the other, at the other end of things too, like we had been on such a consistent and heavy touring schedule that I don't think I would have had the time to, to write songs if we toured fuck art the way we would have typically toured any other release. Um, so, you know, obviously there was horrible aspects of the pandemic for all of our lives, but one of the benefits was some time to sit down and actually make music, um, uh, in a kind of unbothered way, which is a rare, it's a luxury that I haven't had since we really think, got things going. Um, so that was, that was definitely really, really helpful. And um, yeah, I think also just kind of having that parting of the ways with our management and having no people tell us what to do was really, um, it was really liberating and informed the way we approached all the music. Like we basically just got back to, well, let's, let's do it and make ourselves excited and who cares what else happens. Is that potentially where the album talk comes from free reign to passions? Is that kind of like a play on this whole departure from any of the negative aspects that you, that were in the, you know, with the band, whether it be management or other people. And, you know, now you've moved on. Is that where the, the title from the album comes from? It it definitely kind of took on a new kind of rally uh, or a war cry in in that form that we kind of used as our guiding light through this uh, through the creation of the songs and the recording of the album. But originally, I just I stole it from this French murder documentary on um, Netflix about a family that uh, a big family in rural France where one of them becomes really rich and the other extended family members goes insane. And a bunch of horrible stuff happens, and the investigating de- detective basically sums up the situation, saying it became free reign to passions. And I told Kyle the title, and he loved it. And so that's kind of game the the our our battle cry for this album. And overall, is is that kind of what the album's about? Kind of you know just having free reign to do what you want, new lease of life. Is there any other um, meaning behind the album? Was it just as simple as as that? 
I mean, that's kind of the main, the main, one of the main themes. I mean, also when a bunch of these songs were being written, that it was a very, there were many storm clouds gathering on the horizon for the, for the entire world. And, um, you know, I think that we've been very inspired by other artists with the message of just like, you know, just keep stick to your knitting, stick to your knitting, do what you love because who knows what's going to happen. And um, we're obviously big proponents of that message. Um, you know, you know uh, and the album artwork definitely echoes that as well as, you know, th there's a lot of people in this world and that will tell you that horrible things are just about to happen. And we live in a crate and that these things are true and it could be true. Who knows? But the only thing to do in, in this situation is to just try and live your life the best that you can yeah. with whatever tools are available to you. And that's kind of our, that's, I think our kind of guiding light right now. In terms of uh, leveling up on this album, what did you do differently that you might perhaps didn't do on the last one to make, this a better album a better sounding album a better experience you know it's funny i'm not even convinced that it's a better sounding album than the last one i think we purposely wanted it to be rawer and more uh minimal in terms of overdubs and stuff so we basically just we we spoke with our producer and we said like you know all that kind of gloss and shimmer that we gave to the last one let's take let's throw all that in the garbage on this one and basically record it live off the floor and make it really raw and fun uh just like how we play these songs so um we kind of went in with this mentality of let's record it really quickly and uh let's have a good time doing it and not overthink it and then just walk away from it and so that's that's what we did and and when you were adjusting your mindset in terms of making an album do you kind of go each album is a fresh canvas or do you try and take anything over from previous albums that maybe didn't quite work out that last time whether it be a riff or an actual song itself is there anything you take over or do you just go no clean slate new album yeah this one was a completely clean slate basically like we um all of the songs that appear on this album none of them had even started really being formulated uh uh until we had released fuck art or or at least finished recording it but there you know there's a couple things actually that i recycled in a weird way that i didn't even know i didn't they, they weren't kicking around in my head i just one day i was looking at my phone and i had recorded some just like i was trying out some piece of guitar gear and i recorded i was just making up riffs and and then, you know, two or three years later, I listened to this. I found this video again. I was like, this riff is sick. And then so I got, I hopped in GarageBand and I laid it down and I wrote a song about it. And that's, that's Nicer Guy, the second track on the record. Um, so uh, there's, there's funny ways. Like, I, I just believe in documenting everything because you never know, you know, just because you get, have an idea doesn't mean you're in the right place to actually like act on it and, you, you know, fully receive it. So I try and you know, document, like, you know, record our jams and record, you know, when we're dicking around in the studio, even not necessarily recording a song that we're there to do if we're just messing around. And, and I try and hold on to it because you never know that you, you, you'll never know what it's going to mean to you in the future to, and hearing it with, you know, almost fresh ears again and what you can do with it then. That's good. I, I like that. It's like almost that, you know, it's not, it's not a bad idea. It's just maybe not the right idea at that time. And yeah, who knows? Not where I'm at. 
yeah, yeah. exactly is, is there a song or a section on this album where you go oh my god that is that's just awesome that's perfect that's what we wanted and i'm really proud of that i really like free reign to passions the title track i think that one um you know going back to your earlier question about how did the album come together that was kind of the weirdest song that we recorded because we had this instrumental that was we were really pumped about we thought it really was slapping uh but basically by the time it got for me to uh it, it, when it became time for me to record the vocals i didn't have much and i was just like you know i'll get it i'll get it i'll get it and by the time we finished we got to that stage we were all really exhausted we'd been living up at this bizarre isolated but incredible studio out in the middle of nowhere here and we were living there not seeing much sunlight and just kind of going a little bit shining crazy <laughs> and uh and i had kind of lost my gas in terms of like i in terms of digging into myself and trying to come up with stuff so we basically abandoned the track john our producer flew back to seattle and then i was sitting up here in this room just like god damn it like i i can't let this thing beat me and so I locked the door and I basically like got out my headphones, I got my microphone and he sent me the instrumental and I just kind of kept working on it until I came up with lyrics that I liked. And then I assembled everybody and we we recorded all the vocals in this closet over here and sent it off to John and it became the title track of the record. Pretty cool. Uh it's, you've mentioned artwork and I first got switched on to the date Neil because of fuck art in the sense that there's nothing cooler than just a dog on, on an artwork, right? It's just so simple. And I think you've done it again with this art. I've seen the album artwork today. And I think you've done it again. You've encapsulated some really striking artwork. So I guess my question to you is, like, how important do you guys feel that a physical product is good artwork and the liner notes? Because a lot of people now, it's all so digital. You know, Spotify and Apple's become a thing over the last five to ten years. And I'm still a purist myself. I do like that physical product. Yes. Yes, I mean, well, you know, as we're we're completely obsessed with trying to make sure that our artwork and the overall package is as strong as possible, because, you know, when you make an album, when you record an album, it exists as basically like a little digital file on your computer. That's all it is until it gets fleshed out by proper visual representation and proper physical rendering. And so when you work with an artist as talented as Carlo, or in the last one, we worked with this gentleman named Max Loeffler, and they turn you over the artwork and you tie it to the music, that's when it becomes an album for me. And that's when I breathe a massive sigh of relief of like, oh yes, it's actually going to work. It's we have the thing now. We've we've done it. Up until then, it's a bit of a nail biter because, as I said, it's just a music file on your computer, and who knows? Like, but you know, we we've been very lucky and fortunate to work with incredible artists, and very lucky and fortunate to also you know achieve, I think, maximum effect through their artwork. And, you know, just the second part of your question in terms of physical, you know, there's no feeling like holding an album, you know, it's, it's uh, the, the issues, the benefits of today's like access to music are also it's, it's, it's drawbacks in that, like, it's all kind of worthless, right? It's all just files and you're scrolling through it. It doesn't matter. But when you actually have the physical thing, it's, 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 you form a much closer connection with it. And that's, you know, we're huge 
um, hugely interested and involved in how our our stuff gets rendered into physical into the physical medium through you know LPs and seven inches. Um, we even you know we we really aggressively oversee our T-shirt designs and everything like that because things that you can hold are just so much more impactful than just you know another file in a in endless sea of files. Mm. You, obviously, you mentioned there about people doing the artwork for you. What part do you feel is the most nervous to you personally when you're making the album? Is it, do you breathe a sigh of relief when you've got the actual album, artwork done? Or is there other parts where you're just like, no, that's got to be done. That that mixing, that master has got to be done. Where do you feel at ease when along that process? I don't really feel at ease about the whole thing until... I think I go through different stages. Like when, when we hear back like the raw tracks when we're finally done recording and if we haven't, if if we've pulled it off, that's like a, a sigh of relief. But then, then it goes to the next stage of like, well, what's the mix going to sound like the ultimate mix? And then once you get those all locked in, there's another sigh of relief. But the ultimate sigh of relief comes, I think, when you get that LP artwork and then you know that like, yeah, there's still some details to figure out, but like it's, it's we've done it we've pulled it off that's i think the ultimate feeling um you know when you get delivered the final artwork is uh that's my favorite moment in the whole experience um in terms of inspirations where do you pull inspiration in terms of whether it be songwriting or um making riffs do you do you take anything like in terms of simple things like sports, everyday playing a sport or going to a, watch a movie? Do you take those elements and put them into music? You know, I'm a huge like, hardcore history fan, Dan Carlin. Uh, and so I listen to all his episodes on repeat all the time. I mean, I'm just a huge military history nut bar. I love uh, I don't know. I don't know when I think I was probably a kid when I became really interested in it, but I listen to, I just like listening to really good speakers and very good, uh, you know, the the greatest orators. And I, I basically use that as not like a direct inspiration, but I try and I, that's what I find myself listening to the most of other than music, obviously. And I try and, and I, I do think that, you know, getting my mind out of music and into something else really does help me clear my mind to actually uh write songs and, and write riffs and write lyrics and stuff but um i think i'm always with lyrics always trying to aim for uh for some kind of it's the a feeling of completion of like i okay i can't get these any better this is, it is done i feel like the the narrative or whatever i'm trying to spin is kind of more or less uh tied with a bow and and all done um i'm not very good with subtlety or kind of painting scenes or anything like that that's not really my domain i'm a i'm a i come from you know old country music and 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 being right on the nose with with lyrics so that's kind of the school that i was raised in and um when it comes to riffs i just kind of try and make stuff that i'm i'm happy with that i think is that i i you know wherever my fingers kind of fall and it's a real bonus and a real encourager if, if kyle likes it if kyle likes it too then we got something in terms of other bands that drive the dirty or not is there any other bands that drive yourselves on whether that be the way they conduct themselves and the way they've kind of got to that level that you go do you know what i i like that band because they've done that and we we're spiced about it. or do you just kind of go we're just doing our own thing and we'll we'll make our own decisions 
I think we're definitely more in the second second camp, but there's, you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants and we've 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 relied very heavily on the generosity and support of other bands. You know, Billy Talent and Alexis on Fire have have been extremely kind in taking us under their wing at different points and 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 you know, people that we've looked up to like them that have brought us out on tour and really shown us what a professional rock and roll band uh, can do. Um, bands like Against Me, who've brought us out on tour, you know, we've been fortunate enough to play with our heroes like The Who and, um, you know, obviously like all the bands that we grew up um, worshipping have have been firmly in our minds since day one with whatever decisions that we make and you know trying to learn from mistakes that they made and hopefully learn from them um but yeah we're we're massively inspired by other bands but i think we have a very very bright internal light that that, that guides us in terms of what we want to do uh what's what's next for yourselves obviously the, the album's out today which is fantastic also i imagine supporting the album with some um, shows and tours yeah, we got a we got a six week tour uh, through the United States and some Western Canada um, in support of Free Reign to Passions with our friends Daniel Romano and the Outfit. Very excited to uh, to rip up the states with them, and then we're heading to the UK at the end of July, and we've got a bunch of fall dates that are coming together now. And um, yeah, just just super excited to get back on the road properly. We've done some touring, a little bit of touring in in 2021, but this is our first kind of real kick since the uh, since the pandemic. So really, really excited to get back out there. Also, every right to be that you know, first like you say, a bit of touring to worldwide since the pandemic. It's every reason to be excited. Um, just some quick five questions to close out our our time together. Who would you like to share a cold drink with and why? The person could be dead or alive. I would share a cold drink with um christopher hitchens cool good show um who would you like to make a record with and why i would like to make a record with uh let's see there's a lot of people i would like to make a record with but i would say um um i'm blanking on his name here the can it be a le- alive or dead? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, uh, I think I would love to make a record with. Um, there's so many people; it's hard to choose one. But if I'm going somebody that's alive, I think I'm gonna go with. Um, with uh bob rock because i just want to ask him about metallica stories why not ask ask about how he uh put his bass lines down on the black album um (laughs) if you could put a band together who would you pick to be in your band so you start the brand new band and you could have anybody i'd probably pick kyle and sam to be honest with you (laughs) you why why, why not because if it works now why would you change it for a new band right well, Kyle and I just grew up playing our instruments together, so I've played with some other drummers in other bands, and it's just it's not as fun as playing with Kyle. And Sam's just so talented and funny that, um, you know, we just we just have a great time when we play. Uh, and last one, self Luke, what makes music so special for you? Well, it's uh, it's a reprieve from the uh, constant march towards oblivion. 
and uh and uh i don't know i just love everything about it i've been i've been mystified by it since i was 12 years old and i got my first nirvana cd and it's when it when the music's good you feel no pain it's a beautiful thing awesome thank you very much for your time today i wish you all the very best with with the album and obviously the tour coming up over the next few months and um, all the best Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Hopefully catch you on the show um, soon. Amen to that. Cool. Take care, my friend. Thank you very much. Take care. So that was Luke from the band The Dirty Neil. Um, I just want to go on record and say a massive thank you to Luke for his time. You know, bands, artists, they're constantly busy or taking, you know, some time to chill and relax, which is absolutely fine because they've been doing whether it be press, making an album, writing, whatever it may be, you know, thank you for their time as always. And a massive shout out to um, Adam and Ava Amateur Research for helping me, um, you know, secure that interview with Luke and be able to bring it to you guys and girls out there. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, you know, making it for you. Um, until next time, stay safe and um, bye-bye for now. Thank you.